You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us. It's been a busy week here in Washington in terms of abuse of power, in this case targeting once again President Trump. I'll be talking about that. Uh, We had a big week at CPAC this week. I'll talk to you about the conservative movement getting together to discuss the current state of affairs. And then, of course, uh, we have an important Clinton email update. We are in the middle of discovery, getting information, gathering evidence about her misconduct, and I'll give you updates there. Uh, But first up is the um, really despicable abuse of power that we witnessed on the Hill this week. Uh, namely, the pub- specifically the public hearing before the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee uh, involving Michael Cohen, who used to be the personal attorney for President Trump. Now, you may remember the Cohen um, has pled guilty to various crimes, including lying to Congress. So uh, the idea that he would be brought in as a credible witness concerning Mr. Trump is quite laughable. But most concerning is that Mr. Cohen is Mr. President is President Trump's attorney, or was his attorney, and as a result of that, Mr. Trump has certain rights vis-a-vis Mr. Cohen, meaning he has an attorney-client privilege relationship. It survives being his being fired. It survives Cohen being disbarred. I think this week it was announced he was being disbarred, uh, and Cohen doesn't have a right to go and talk about communications he had with his client even if Congress really wants it. So you, re- in many ways, you had an abuse of President Trump take place this week because you had this, ca- this, this public hearing uh, ex- expose his attorney-client privileges. And in addition to that, Mr. Cohen presented information to Congress, written documents uh, that were obviously given to him in the context of his attorney-client relationship and were confidential and privileged. And yet he turned those over to Congress. Now, Mr. Cohen's a criminal, and evidently the rules of professional conduct as it relates to attorneys, he doesn't care about. Uh, But it seems to me that Congress ought to care about that. It seems to me that the Department of Justice and the Mueller operation and the Southern District of New York, who are supposedly working with Mr. Cohen, they ought to care about that. Uh, But in the case of Congress, uh, and specifically the House Democrats, they happily collaborated and colluded with Mr. Cohen to violate Mr. Trump's rights. As far as I could tell, if uh, the Congress authorized an illegal raid on President Trump's offices and took his documents and stole them, practically speaking, that's the equivalent of what happened on the Hill in terms of getting these documents illicitly from Mr. Cohen. And the idea that you would have a hearing, uh, the sole witness of which uh, would uh, provide testimony that inevitably and surely violated Mr. Uh, Trump's uh, core protections as a client in an attorney-client relationship, uh, to me just shows you uh, the contemptible levels that the House Democrats are willing to fall to, or crawl to, or however you want to call it, uh, to uh, target President Trump. And again, this is part of a long series of steps by partisans. Obviously, in the House, you've got the Democratic Party. Uh, but partisans at the Clinton campaign, the Democratic National Committee, uh, deep staters within the Justice Department and FBI, and the Obama administration to abuse the law, break the rules, uh, to spy on target and as uh, candidate Trump, and then try to put in jail 
uh, and, or turn out of office President Trump. Uh, and the rules don't matter to them. So this is in many ways all part of the piece, these uh, Cohen hearings. Now, substantively, what did we learn from the Cohen hearings? Not much. Uh, Mr. Cohen accused Mr. Trump without any credible evidence of committing crimes. And I'm not going to give Cohen's allegations the time of day in that regard. Uh, he didn't advance the ball any direction in terms of uh, uh, highlighting any criminal acts by President Trump. You know, it's pretty clear that President Trump's decision, uh, if indeed he made the decision, to uh, compensate uh, this woman, Stormy Daniels, uh, for a non-disclosure agreement uh, was entirely appropriate in terms of any funding that took place, any payments that took place. It was a legal non-disclosure agreement. And uh, Mr. Cohen's alleging it was illegal. It wasn't illegal. I mean, the idea that you spend money on a non-disclosure agreement and that because it comes, doesn't come out of your campaign, it's illegal. I mean, that's just silly talk. And to hear lawyers talk about it, it's dishonest. Uh, and because the inverse of that is that paying Stormy Daniels has to be a campaign expense. And you can imagine that if President Trump or then candidate Trump had authorized the payment of non-disclosure agreement fund, related funds to Stormy Daniels or anyone else, they would be, uh, uh, the left would be crawling up the walls screaming about uh, illegal campaign finance expenditures. So Mr. Trump is damned if he does, damned if he doesn't in this regard. And uh, so Mr. Cohen's comments and allegations there uh, and just you know, his legal analysis uh, doesn't hold, uh, doesn't hold uh, much value uh, for people who understand what the law is and people, even if you don't understand what the law is, uh, what common sense tells you. And of course, you know, Mr. Cohen is represented by who? Lanny, Lanny Davis. Now, Lanny Davis is a longtime Clinton associate. Uh, he worked for the Clinton camp in, uh, during the Clinton administration. He worked in the Clinton White House. He was a special lawyer in the Clinton White House that handled the corruption scandals for Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. They were subject to all sorts of scrutiny because of illegal foreign fundraising, as alleged. They were getting money from the Chinese and a whole list of other foreign nationals. Uh, the allegations were they were opening up the White House and inviting donors in and selling access to the White House in exchange for campaign donations. So there were lots of parts. There was a Justice Department investigation, congressional investigations uh, into uh, that campaign fundraising scandal. And Lanny Davis was the point man on that. He would uh, uh, provide information to the media, leak information to the media, and try to uh, uh, um, shoot down any suggestions of improprieties by uh, the Clinton gang at that time. And he's been closely associated with Hillary Clinton ever since. And sure enough, uh, Judicial Watch had covered the emails in our Judicial Watch Clinton email litigation uh, showing communications from Lanny Davis to Hillary Clinton. These are emails that Hillary Clinton didn't want anyone to see, by the way. And I highlighted the emails in a uh, uh, press release, excuse me, not in a press release, but in an op-ed we wrote for foxnews.com. I wrote uh, the press release highlighting that uh, Mrs. Clinton is kind of looming large over these hearings. You have Lanny Davis, one of Hillary Clinton's closest associates, set up this hearing on behalf of Mr. Cohen. It became pretty clear that they concluded together. They were talking to uh, Elijah Cummings, who's the Democrat running the committee, 
the two so-called private hearings. It looks like uh, they coordinated there. Uh, and so Clinton world is setting up this whole process. As I've jokingly said, Hillary Clinton may as well have gaveled the hearings into session given uh, the involvement of uh, her, uh, her front people like Lanny Davis. And this is how close Lanny Davis is to Hillary Clinton. The email, I forgot my glasses, and the print here is small, so forgive me here. So this is an October 20th, 2010 email. Uh, Mr. Davis wrote Hillary Clinton saying, Thank you, H, for who you are and what you do. And it was followed by an exchange with another um, uh, by another, uh, by, uh, was followed with another email, excuse me, with a P.S. I swear you look younger and better every time I see you. Good night, dear Hillary Lanny. Now, look, it's pretty clear they're friends, and Lanny loves Hillary Clinton, and he's representing Michael Cohen. So I tell you what, you have this abusive, uh, abusive Mr. Trump by Mr. Cohen under the guidance of Hillary Clinton's. Uh, friend, Lanny Davis. You have the abuse of President Trump under the Justice Department and the DOJ in allegiance with the Fusion GPS gang, Hillary Clinton's DNC, uh, and campaign finance lawyers. You have abuse after abuse directed at Donald Trump by operatives of Hillary Clinton. And we're not allowed to talk about Hillary Clinton's misconduct. As she continues both directly and indirectly, to try to overthrow the president uh, through folks like Lanny Davis. But we're not allowed to talk about Hillary Clinton. I, I just think it's very interesting. The left is going around across America, uh, tearing down statues of uh, 19th century politicians, but we're not allowed to ask questions about what Hillary Clinton did two years ago. Well, I tell you, Judicial Watch is going to continue to ask questions. But I want to talk more about uh, Michael Cohen. I want to talk more about this deep state effort because it was, it was a radical abuse of power by the Democrats in holding these hearings. They should never have been held. Uh, Michael Cohen knew that the attorney-client privilege prevailed here and applied. Congress certainly knew it applied. The Justice Department knew it applied. And yet they were all fine with letting these hearings going forward. Going forward. And so uh, on top of this, you have... Uh, President Trump repeatedly being victimized by the Justice Department, repeatedly being victimized by the FBI, uh, being harassed by Mueller. And it kind of shows you that what Judicial Watch has been saying is uh, truer than true in the sense there is no Russia collusion because to the degree Cohen had any interesting testimony, uh, despite his desire to say all sorts of terrible things about President Trump, you know, he said he had no evidence of Russia collusion. He said he had his suspicions, which doesn't mean anything, but he didn't know anything about Russia collusion. And in fact, he denied a key aspect of the dossier that, frankly, everyone already knew was false, uh, that he traveled to Prague uh, to uh, set up the collusion operation. It just never happened. And it's pretty clear it never happened. But, you know, we've all known that here in Washington. The Democrats on the Hill knew it. The Republicans on the Hill knew it. The media knows it. And Robert Mueller, you betcha, knows there's been no Russia collusion. And he's known it since at least the beginning of last year. At least the beginning of last year. As James Comey said, the minimally corroborated dossier. There's no secret evidence 
Robert Mueller has about Russia collusion. Indeed, Mike Andrew McCabe, the disgrace number two, who's been making the rounds, uh, uh, pushing his book, he hasn't suggested there's any non-public information that's yet to come out. They've known there's been no Russia collusion for well over almost a nearly a year and a half, probably longer than that. And yet this Mueller operation continues to operate like a zombie investigation, roaming through the countryside, politically speaking, going after um, relatively uh, uh, going after people like Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi uh, and uh, destroying Michael Flynn, making Paul Manafort seem like he's been the worst criminal in the history of man when in fact at, at worst he's a tax cheat and may have engaged in mortgage fraud. Please, we don't need a Mueller investigation for any of that. Or certainly a special, more specifically, a special counsel investigation. But I'm convinced the team of anti-Trumpers on Mueller's operation uh, don't want to give it up. Now, I know there's been talk of a report that Mueller's supposed to produce under the special counsel regulations, which I think are unconstitutional and inappropriate as applied to the president. And there's a debate uh, about whether or not to have um, this Mueller report come out. Now, I discussed this, so I've been ta- I was, as I said at the beginning, it's been a big week because we were, uh, Judicial Watch has a significant presence at CPAC. I hope you've been watching our coverage there. I spoke uh, today with, uh, at CPAC. I appeared on the stage with uh, the former chairman of the Intelligence Committee, now ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, uh, Devin Nunes, and we were interviewed by Byron York, and we had a discussion about the uh, Mueller report. Now, if the report's written, my guess it's going to come out. And uh, Devin Nunes made the appropriate point that if it is written, everything should come out about what Mueller did, not just his carefully crafted report, as I said, which I think will be a dossier designed to smear President Trump. Let it all come out, not just what Mueller wants you to see. What were they really doing behind the scenes? That's a fair point by Devin Nunes. But I'm of the position because uh, that th- there should be no report in the sense that the Justice Department has no business writing um, smear reports on President Trump's conduct as president. That's not the role of the Justice Department. They can't be a a kind of an impeachment team, a volunteer impeachment team for uh, the House Democrats. So I don't buy this idea that, oh, there's going to be a report. Well, why should there be a report? And, and frankly, Attorney General Barr should be talking like that about it. Hey, look, I see what you did on the public record. That's enough of a report for me. You don't need to be inserting, uh, as I say, creating a dossier 2.0 on President Trump. And as it relates to Cohen, you know, there is no Russia collusion. So what's going on now is the Democrats are changing the focus of their abuses of power There's no Russia collusion. We still want to impeach and try to destroy Trump. So let's pretend uh, that he broke laws related to his business practices. We have no reason to impeach him, but let's try to find a reason to impeach him by probing his businesses and uh, abusing the powers of Congress to do so. And, you know, Congress has broad power to do investigations, but harassment ought to be stood against. You know, and of course, Congress isn't going to investigate and Mueller isn't going to report 
on the corruption behind the investigation of President Trump. I went back and I got this, um, F, the IG report that talked about the, uh, the Carter Page FISA warrants in part that talked about the, um, did it talk about the FISA warrants? I don't remember, but it talked about Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, those text messages, how McCabe lied, the number two at the FBI, uh, Comey's misconduct, other misconduct by the FBI, the cover-up of the Clinton email scandal. This, page, this document is it's, it's heavy. It's over 500 pages. And then, then there's an appendix. It's another 50 pages. Why isn't Congress following up on this appropriately? Why isn't Mueller being asked? Because uh, 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 Adam Schiff, the head of the Intelligence Committee, has said, well, you know, this Mueller report, any part of it is kept private. I'm going to subpoena Mueller. Well, is he going to subpoena Mueller to ask him about his abuses of power? Of course not. Is he going to subpoena Hillary Clinton's campaign to talk about their use of Russian intelligence sources, sources to create the dossier? Are they going to uh, subpoena Mrs. Clinton's lawyers? Why aren't Mrs. Clinton's lawyers being questioned? Well, they were implicated in the destruction of documents. They hired and tried to mask through those emails. Remember those emails that were deleted? They were deleted by Hillary Clinton's lawyers at her direction. Is Congress going to question them? Is Congress going to question her campaign finance lawyers who disguise their hiring a Fusion GPS in federal campaign finance filings? Are they going to talk about bringing their lawyers in and talk about and ask them about their communications with the deep state FBI to target President Trump? We know those communications took place. The top FBI lawyer admitted to it on the, on the dossier. We also know that Mrs. Clinton's lawyers talked to the FBI's top lawyers about the Clinton email issue, what the emails that were found on Anthony Weiner's laptop and their investigation. And they were scrambled to respond to Mrs. Clinton's lawyer. None of that's going to be followed up on by the Democrats. And I guarantee you it's not going to be followed up on adequately by the Senate. And are they going to ask Rod Rosenstein finally, who's now heading out the door, are they going to ask Rod Rosenstein about his, his discussions to overthrow the president through the 25th Amendment improperly invoked and, to, uh, uh, and, and Rosenstein's decisions and discussions to tape President Trump in the Oval Office and spy him that way? Who's doing those investigations? Is the Justice Department? No, not that I can see. Is Congress? No, not that I can see. Lindsey Graham has expressed some interest in doing it. I hope he does. Judicial Watch has dozens of lawsuits in court on all of these issues. Russia collusion is over. They're abusing President Trump by targeting his personal finances and business practices, whether it be through Congress or the Southern District of New York. You hear a lot about that, the Southern District of New York. Serious investigative team up there. This is the U.S. Attorney's Office up there. Well, those are deep staters up there investigating President Trump again. They're not being supervised by a political appointee because, like Jeff Sessions had done, he's recused himself. 
and they're basically uh, working in a uh, they're working hand in glove with the Mueller operation. There's no single greater expenditure I would suspect. I don't know for a fact, but I would suspect on any other investigation by the Justice Department than this Get Trump effort. I guarantee you that. Most federal prosecutions, you got one or two prosecutors, and they do all the work. They've got some FBI agents individually they work with. Even major terrorism investigations or major drug crime investigations, they only have a handful of prosecutors. Mueller has well over a, do well over a dozen still, countless FBI investigators. He's dragooned the Southern District of New York. And who knows what other assets, both formally and informally, at the Justice Department. With zero, as far as I'm concerned, appropriate and constitutional supervision. And of course, once again, it's Judicial Watch uh, that's doing all the heavy lifting here. Because we've got the lawsuits ongoing. And uh, as a matter of fact, we have documents coming out next week. We're still reviewing them, uh, documenting the communications between Bruce Orr the number four official at the Justice Department, who was talking to Chris Steele, who worked for Fusion GPS, who also implied his, employed his wife, Nellie Orr. We're getting the documents out. Huh, on Clinton emails, it's Judicial Watch that's getting the documents out. We have another batch of emails coming out, too, on Clinton emails, I think, next week. Congress isn't doing that. The Justice Department, we're get, you know, State Department, we had to sue to get the records. And we still don't have all of Clinton's emails. So we got a rule of law crisis. And, you know, as I said at CPAC, CPAC this week or today, um, it was early in the morning, so it seems like it was yesterday, <laughs> that uh, President Trump is a crime victim. I mean, he's been targeted with illegal acts by uh, federal law enforcement. I, I, I don't know how else to put, you can't put lipstick on that pig, the attacks on President Trump. You just, it's, it's, it's criminal what's taking place. It's, it's abusive, yes, but lots of things are abusive. It's wrong, yes, lots of things are wrong. But I think it's illegal. I think it's criminal to have government officials like Peter Strzok abuse their offices to target people they don't like politically. And because Mueller is still doing his operation, they're never going to have a, um, you're not going to get a serious criminal investigation of that activity. This is why the Mueller operation needs to be shut down so we can do a full examination of the corruption uh, behind the targeting of President Trump. Uh, and uh, the Democrats on the Hill are just going to continue the abuses using the powers available to them now, now that they control the House. And the biggest abuse, I think, is going to be the, uh, the, the uh, mis misapplication of the law allowing certain members of Congress the right to review confidential tax return information. Now, typically, your tax return information, and every American's tax return information, is highly confidential. And the improper release or distribution of that uh, can lead to significant jail time for those implicated. 
But of course, Congress always has an exception to every rule for themselves, and Congress can review tax return information in certain circumstances. And they're pretending that they have a legitimate need to review President Trump's tax returns. Talk about an abuse of law. Now, I don't think the law allows them to do it as they say, and there ought to be a fight. But it just shows you how far they're willing to go. And it's no surprise to me because uh, this left-wing machine under Obama used the IRS to try to destroy his political opposition in 2012. They misused government agencies to try to destroy Obama's political opposition because he wanted Hillary Clinton to be uh, elected in 2016, hence the attacks on Trump. And they come back around again to the IRS this year now that they're in control of the House to abuse the law to violate President Trump's rights. You know, President Trump isn't above the law. No one's above the law. But he's not below the protection of the law. And the totalitarian left never lets the law get in the way of going after its enemies. And we've seen that with President Trump. So this is why I get upset about this. Because I should see this as a fundamental rule of law issue. And we elect our president. And I don't want bureaucrats coming in and breaking the law to undo elections. Now, impeachment in the House and the Senate, that would be a political process. But it's a precious right those senators and congressmen have that impeachment would begin in the House. And they abuse that right to target President Trump, not because he did anything wrong, but simply you're still mad about losing an election. That would be an abuse of power. And as I said, they're trying to, to, in my view, improperly take his tax returns. They'll rifle through them to see if they can find anything they can target, with him, further, target him further with. It's just abuse after abuse. And before I move on, I want to talk about something. That, you know, the media goes crazy about certain issues. And, and they almost always mislead you about the truth of the matter. So the big news is that uh, this week is that Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, uh, was trying to get a security clearance, and he wasn't given the appropriate security clearance, or the, the security clearance that would have allowed him to advise his father properly, was being stalled because supposedly there were some people in the intelligence establishment that thought his ties to foreign leaders or foreign countries and other business activities uh, made him an inappropriate uh, person to have this uh, high-level security clearance. And the allegation is now that President Trump intervened inappropriately to get his son-in-law the security clearance. Well, first of all, without giving it, uh, too much credence, there's no much, I didn't see much in the way of evidence that actually took place. Supposedly, the former chief of staff to the president wrote a memo to that effect. Well, I don't know what the memo says. It's one of these things where we're just supposed to trust the media. And it's not clear exactly what President Trump said. President Trump said he didn't get involved. And I could imagine him saying, I'm not going to get involved, but we got to fix it. Is that an order to get it done? Of course not. So this could be another case of uh, people who don't like President Trump using the media to suggest a scandal that's not really a scandal. But while masking the scandal, that is a scandal, which is that Jared Kushner almost certainly should have gotten a security clearance 
as high as necessary to effectively advise his father-in-law, and that the deep state objections to his getting the security clearance were not being made in bad faith, and the deep state was abusing the security clearance process, as I suspect they've done with other security clearance issues, to prevent the president from having his people in place have access to the full information they need to help him run the White House and the government. And what do they do? To show the lack of bad faith or the lack of good faith, they leak materials from Jared Kushner's personnel file, his security files, privacy-protected files, the release of which is in violation of criminal law, to the New York Times and the Washington Post and other media. That's the scandal. So the New York Times pretends the scandal is that President Trump tried to intervene to stop an abuse, and I don't even think they proved that case. And they just refused to acknowledge that the abuse was them making up garbage to keep the president's son-in-law from having a security clearance. We're going to be asking questions about that, but I'm sure they won't give the documents to Judicial Watch under law because the full scandal would be exposed. And that's why we often have to sue. So that's like the biggest, that's the new big scandal. There's always a new scandal, but I, 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 I kind of draw that out for you to give you kind of an instant reaction to the sort of craziness you'll probably hear over the next week about the security clearance issues at the White House, because this has been a big focus of investigations. The security clearances were used as a cudgel against President Trump's team by the deep state. Just remember that. And before I go, I also want to uh, give you an update on the Clinton email scandal, the other scandal we're not allowed to talk about, the scandal that is the reason we have the Russiagate scandal. Why is it we have the Russiagate scandal, the targeting President Trump? Well, Hillary Clinton was facing serious criminal consequences, potentially, for her email misconduct. What better way than to get out from under them than to have the Justice Department and the FBI target his, her political opposition and have partisans friendly to her continue to harass the president through the DOJ and FBI when, in fact, the Justice Department and the FBI, uh, presumably under a new, fresh administration, uh, should have gone back to the drawing board given all the corruption, all the corruption documented in this 500-page report and documented by Judicial Watch separately and independently in the investigation of the Clinton email matter. Now, Judicial Watch hasn't forgotten about the scandal, and the left will attack us for raising the scandal. You know what the left will ha also have to attack, and Hillary Clinton's partisans will also have to attack? They're going to have to attack the courts, because the courts haven't forgotten about it either. And that's why a federal court judge authorized Judicial Watch to take additional discovery into the Clinton email issue, and yes, the related Benghazi scandal issue, because it was the Benghazi lawsuit that Judicial Watch had filed under the Freedom of Information Act that exposed the Clinton email issue. We found the Clinton emails thanks to Judicial Watch. And the court, in authorizing us to, uh, to get some discovery, he said specifically, was the Benghazi scandal and information about that that they did not want coming out one of the reasons they did not want her emails coming out. They didn't want to tell the courts and the American people about it. 
So we get to ask questions about the Benghazi scandal, and we get to ask questions about the Clinton email scandal. Was her system set up to thwart the Freedom of Information Act? Was the federal court in our case, uh, was there an effort to hoodwink the court, to get the court to shut it down before they found out or we found out about the Clinton email issue? Because we had asked for the documents, there were no Clinton emails. And they wanted to shut us down before we figured out what was going on. And the court wants to know whether they tried to hoodwink them, him. Now, and it's not just the State Department, but the Justice Department too. And the court also wants to know, was the search adequate? Which it is another way of saying is, where are all of Hillary Clinton's emails? We're the ones asking the questions, not Congress, not the media. Judicial Watch is. And we've been authorized by a court to ask the questions. Because our litigation has found that the, the FBI has only been able to recover 5,000 of the 33,000 emails Hillary Clinton deleted or tried to hide or destroy. There are 28,000 emails at least that are still out there. And the court wants to know, is there anywhere else we can look for them? So we have discovery that's going to take place over the next few months. Discovery means evidence gathering. We get to take testimony, gather documents, submit written questions to the agencies and some witnesses and get written answers. But it means bringing people under oath and questioning them in person. We have 10 depositions scheduled over the next several months. We've got document requests out there. So if you want to know what's going on with the Clinton email scandal, it's Judicial Watch that's doing all the work. Not the Senate, not the House, and we're doing it over the objections of the Justice Department and the State Department. We get to submit written questions, for instance, to Susan Rice, the former ambassador to the United Nations under Barack Obama, who went on five Sunday morning talk shows and, made, uh, and lied about the Benghazi attack. We get to ask her questions in writing under oath. We get to uh, ask the number, I don't know what number he was at the FBI, but one of the top FBI officials, Bill Priestep, questions under oath about the FBI investigation to figure out where all emails are. Those questions will be in writing under oath. We'll be talking in person to Jake Sullivan, a top aide to Hillary Clinton. We'll be talking in person to one of Hillary Clinton's lawyers. And yes, if there's an attorney-client privilege that can be fairly invoked, we won't get answers, potentially. But Mrs. Clinton's rights will be protected in this court process, unlike Mr. Trump's rights, who are being violated six ways to Sunday in Congress and, frankly, by the Justice Department and the FBI on a regular basis. And after all of this is over, we may have the opportunity, and the court invited us to go back to him, it's Judge Royce Lamberth is the judge, and make the case if we want to question Hillary Clinton under oath, in addition to what we've already asked from her in other cases. So we're not, we're not forgetting about this. So it's um, the accountability continues on the Hillary Clinton email scandal, thanks to Judicial Watch. 
So a lot going on here at Judicial Watch. We're not only suing in court, we're questioning witnesses, we're educating the American people over at CPAC, we're taking on Congress. There is no one like Judicial Watch in this country. Simply, there's no one like our group. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm proud as all get out to be able to work here and to do this work and, and help lead Judicial Watch. And we can't do it, of course, without your support. I encourage you to support our work. You can go online at judicialwatch.org. We're on social media, obviously. You're watching us here and now. But get the word out. Support our work. Spread the word about Judicial Watch. and demand answers from your members of Congress and the Senate. Why aren't they following our lead here? Demand accountability. So with that, I'll leave you for the weekend. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next week here on the Judicial Watch Update. Thank you. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.